This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 10. Hi, welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. This is Brett Hurst. And I'm Kelly Hurst. And we're both marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast you're listening to is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. We have a simple hope. It's just to encourage you. We believe healthy marriage uh, should be a front burner conversation, and we are here to help make that happen. Today, we're going to discuss Conflict 101. Uh, When we think about topics for our podcast, we try to choose subjects, hopefully, that are relevant to married people, most of the time anyway. It would be nice if every subject that we discuss were fun and romantic, (laughs) but inevitably, we have to get around to topics like this one, like conflict. Conflict is absolutely a part of life and certainly a part of marriage. And, you know, actually, the longer we've been working with couples, uh, we believe conflict is even part of God's intention for us, yeah. uh, not to cause us trouble necessarily, but to give us opportunities uh, to work on things together. Conflict helps us grow. <laughs> no doubt. So couples who have good conflict management skills uh, tend to fare better for sure than those that don't have them. Mm -hmm. And we like the term conflict management rather than conflict resolution. And why is that? Well, according to John Gottman, who has studied marriage as much as anyone, uh, maybe more than anyone that we can think of off the top of our heads, uh, he and his team have determined after decades of research that on average, 69% of marital conflict in a married couple's package he says 69% of that conflict is unresolvable, meaning there are solvable problems and there are perpetual problems mm-hmm. uh, that every couple has to sort out in their relationship. So if 69% of marital conflict is unresolvable, then uh, in a sense, don't get too hung up on this, but in a sense, that's conflict that you're going to manage, not really solve these are probably going to be things you'll be fighting about in some form 20 or 30 years down the line. Things like family of origin issues, Mm -hmm. uh, temperament differences, just maybe some behavior that you have trained your mind to think in a way Mm -hmm. from childhood, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe as a result of some woundedness or some trauma or something. It could be all kinds of things. How you process information, how, you know, just, you know, things that Maybe that exact fight doesn't come up, but kind of the circumstances around it kind of come up. And, you know, when we share that statistic with people, if if you've been married a while, you see that 69% is unresolvable and you go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Kind of good news. Yeah, it's kind of good news. It's even liberating, you know, because if you think you've got to solve everything 
uh, and you're wondering why do these certain issues kind of keep bubbling back up? You know, why do we keep having fight number 24, you know, again and again? When you're just starting out, like (laughs) when we share that uh, statistic with our engaged couples, they're like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, but I think it's just one of, you know, like his research comes back from just straight data. So it's not like he's trying to prove anything. That's just kind of where it lands. Doesn't have a dog in the hunt. Yeah, exactly. So um, typically when we're talking about conflict, there are six general areas that marriages tend to land. uh, Their fights tend to circle around these six areas. And I'd like to hear about those six areas. Well, they are personality differences, which of course is going to be part of your unresolvable package Mm -hmm. because your personality is not really going to change. You're kind of wired the way you are. I mean, I think I do think couples kind of do morph into each other a little bit the longer they're married and they kind of um, become a little bit like each other. Mm -hmm. But generally how we're wired as personalities is not going to change no matter how long we're married. Now, that doesn't give you a license to be self-centered because every personality temperament has strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So you should know what they are and uh, keep praying to lean into your strengths and not your weaknesses. Right. The second one is finances. And Dave Ramsey would definitely say that this is the number one money fight right now. Um, You know, typically we have different ways we think about money, Mm -hmm. use money. You know, it represents different things. Sometimes a couple has a spender and a saver. Dave Ramsey would call that a uh, free spirit and a nerd. Right. And um, so money fights are big. Um, another area of conflict is sexual activity. Mm-hmm. You know, ten, I mean, it can be anything from quality to quantity, right. um, how often that happens. And we always say, we always say that money and sex are the two least talked about issues in marriage, and they are the two top uh, areas of conflict, and two, so you've got reasons for divorce. Yeah, even. so you've got to connect those two. That the things you talk about the least are the things that are going to, you know, create most uh, problems. We also have parenting, which is an area of conflict, and how to parent differently. And we come from different backgrounds and had different styles of parenting different growing philosophies up. Philosophies of how to raise our children, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, household chores is the fifth one. See, I always laughed that that one's on the list. Why? Because that's not one for you. Well, I think, but it is for a lot of people. This yeah. is a big deal. Right. How to, you know, roles and who's going to do what and how we do what. Like, I remember when you started doing laundry to help me out. Yeah, and I thought I was doing great. I know. And I was so grateful that you were doing it. But then there was a certain way I like to do the laundry. And so we ended up with separate hampers. <laughs> that was the way we just decided it was going to work for us. And then the last area is in-laws. And, you know, not everyone has in-laws as a source of conflict, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So the reason we kind of share these six areas of where conflict tends to land is because if your fights tend to land in these areas, you're in good company. It's pretty normal. Right. Good good thing to talk about. So that's why it's always important to have that safe place so that you can discuss things that are difficult. And we suggest discussing those things in a setting that's not heated. Mm-hmm. One of the things back to uh, John Gottman that he talks about, and this is very similar to uh, Willard Harley's concept of the emotional love bank, is something Gottman calls positive sentiment override and negative sentiment override. Positive sentiment override is basically uh, when your positive thoughts about each other are so pervasive that they tend to supersede the negative feelings 
that you have in marriage, then you are experiencing positive sentiment override. Your positivity basically causes you to feel optimistic Mm -hmm. about each other, about your marriage. Hey, we're in a good place. So the result of that is it really takes significant conflict for you to get off kilter, to lose your equilibrium. Mm -hmm. So this is good. A positive sentiment override, basically pouring into each other with very everything from sweet nothings to affirmations to compliments to acts of kindness, uh, the, the love languages, all those kinds of things, creates this positive sentiment override that allows you to give each other the benefit of the doubt when differences of opinion come up, mm-hmm. allows you to brush things off. So a, a good bottom way, bottom line way to think about this is that when the relationship is in positive mode, negative comments don't really stick. Right. And the opposite of that, of course, is negative sentiment override. And so if you think about it as just being the exact opposite, a negative sentiment override is when you're feeling resentment, irritation, anger about your marriage, everything your spouse does seems to be wrong, um, then every little thing will be magnified. Mm -hmm. Um, Keeping your mentally uh, positive Attitude. Your attitude. Thank yeah. you. Mentally positive will be a tremendous help in dealing with conflict, and it, it kind of keeps things in perspective. A good way to think about negative sentiment override is when the relationship is in that negative mode, positive comments don't really stick. You can try to say something nice, give a spouse a compliment, but then if it's negative, it goes to, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you trying to right. say? You know, you're, you look pretty today. Well, did I not look pretty yesterday? Yeah, exactly. Everything's <laughs> inflammatory. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And then uh, something else that I think is interesting is what John Gottman has called the magic marriage ratio. Uh, Say that four times fast. And this actually comes down to his research as well, where he looks at healthy marriages and, and happy couples. And he says that in those circumstances, those marriages, they tended to have five positive statements to every one negative statement. That. Is hard. That is very do. hard. I mean, you've got to be super intentional to come up with five positive things. Especially in our current world of sarcastic humor and yeah, so forth. For every negative thing you say in marriage. On the other hand, in divorcing couples or very unhealthy marriages, mm-hmm. the ratio was 0.8 positive statements to one negative statement. Wow. So obviously there were more negative you know, things being said and conveyed in those marriages. And I just think that ratio is really interesting. So it's very important to be positive. Absolutely. And you're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max. We are continuing our conversation about Conflict 101. So, Kel, what are some things that are helpful 
to remember uh, in those situations where you have to have a sticky conversation or or maybe even when you're smack dab in the middle of a tough fight. Right. One of the things we talk about is to focus on this rather than that. And the idea here would, we've got a number of them, but you need to focus on one issue rather than many issues. And what do you mean? What I mean by that is for those of us who tend to store up things that we're frustrated Mm -hmm. about with our spouse, or we think, oh, I don't really want to bring that up. That'll make him mad Mm -hmm. or whatever. We sweep it under the rug Mm -hmm. and then we kind of build and that slow burning. Building a laundry. List. Yeah, you're building a laundry list, and then your spouse does something that just sets you off, and all of a sudden, you've got six weeks of stuff that you're mad about that you've never brought up. Where'd that come from? Yeah, exactly. And so it's automatically going to be an unfair fight because mm-hmm. it's really hard to defend yourself and have a conversation about stuff that you go, why well, didn't even know you were upset about that? That happened like two months ago. You know, why didn't you say it then? I can barely have a conversation when you're hitting me with one topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, why don't you take the next one? Focus on the problem rather than the person. So yeah. in other words, don't get personal. Just talk about the issue. Yeah. When you start talking about someone's character, you know, so some, let's say the you know example is you're mad because your spouse was late. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to meet somewhere and they were late, you know. Right. Which is probably going to be one of those uh, perpetual problems that falls in the 69% category. Probably. You've got to manage this. Mm -hmm. But if you're focusing on the person being late versus the person being, you know, faulty character, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just so insensitive. I can't believe you're so insensitive. You're always late, blah, 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 blah. That's automatically going to make that person so much more defensive. Mm -hmm. And you're probably not going to get too far and you're going to hurt feelings and escalate and all that rather than just talk about the tardiness, you know, that's different than attacking somebody's character. Right. And then it just doesn't uh, build up contempt when you're like you can do very easily when you make things personal. Yeah. It's the behavior versus the character thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, Another thing is to focus on specifics rather than generalizations. Mm -hmm. In other words, we talk a lot about how important it is to be assertive so that communication is enhanced. This would be another thing, being specific. Mm -hmm. Don't talk in Big grin, you always do the, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Talk about the specific issue so that there can be better understanding of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Because unless you're specific with me, I'm all I know is you're mad. Right. And I think, too, when you use words like always and never, the person tends to focus on the always and never. So Mm -hmm. you say to someone, you're always late. The person's automatically going to go, I'm not always late. Right. You know, then you've completely, you're not even talking about this specific. Back to just general character assassination. Exactly. The other thing to focus on, too, is facts versus judgment of motives. And this can get kind of sticky because Mm. when you're married and you know your spouse very well, which, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, we all want in our marriages, you tend to think, I know what he was doing. I know what he was thinking when he, you know, did this or said this. What do I always say to you? Don't do my thinking for me. And And don't have the argument by yourself. yourself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let me contribute a little bit to this argument. Yeah. And so the key here, I think, is you got to kind of step away from the emotional part of the conversation here, because if you want your spouse to hear what you're saying, Mm -hmm. just deal with the facts and don't try to judge their motives and everything, because then you're going to get, you're going to get off because all they're going to do is be defending their thinking or defending their motives. In other words, being defensive, and we always say being defensive is never 
productive. You cannot move forward when you're defensive. It's not productive. Yeah. Uh, Also, focus on I statements where you're owning uh, the things that you're sharing rather than you statements. Mm -hmm. And what do you mean by that? Well, it's it it helps people to not feel defensive. If I say to you, you know, when you were late last night, I felt this, Mm -hmm. you know, like I felt I didn't really matter to you. Right. That's a lot better than saying you are such a jerk for being late, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you turn it to that, you can imagine the word you being a pointing finger, Mm -hmm. you know, where I, it's, it's difficult to argue with that. You know, I feel this or I thought this. And so when you put it in those terms, it, relieves that tendency to move toward defensiveness. Definitely. And I'm more inclined to hear what you're saying mm-hmm. when you're owning the statement about your feelings rather than criticizing me. Or... And it's far less accusatory to mm-hmm. deal, to talk about my own feelings and how I'm perceiving this. And maybe the most beneficial thing to focus on is understanding rather than who's winning or losing the fight. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is big because mm-hmm. not just because we all have a sinful desire to want to be right, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes people even have woundedness, uh, maybe from their childhood about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like maybe they were. It was never a safe place for them to say I was wrong mm-hmm. or I'm sorry. And but in marriage, that really should be where we practice that more than any place. Right. Um, have and that I, freedom. And I have found even you know just in our marriage, the times because it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I sound like a Chicago song, but I, you know, I, that was <laughs> not something I learned how to do well when I was young. And yeah. so, um, but learning to do that, it 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 really diffuses things to be able to say you know what, I didn't think about it that way before. You're right, mm-hmm. you know. And when you do that, it completely opens up your partner uh-huh. to be able, and then you might find out that your partner might go, well, I was kind of wrong on that too. And, mm-hmm. you know, then all of a sudden you find yourself really in dialogue right. rather than Moving just Moving forward. Yeah, hitting your head against each other, you know. Right. Man, I love the horn part at the end of Hard to say, I'm sorry. Man, that is so pertinent. Uh, well, the reason we feel it's important to go over all of these ideas about conflict is because it's the couple that has the vocabulary about this stuff, that has the language. They just tend to do better in the end. Mm-hmm. When you have a name for something, when you can clearly identify what's happening you know, before things kind of escalate and before big. you find yourself in a regretful state, you really are just better able to keep things healthy. So bottom line is we're saying conflict is not wrong. Mm-mm. It's not bad. Uh, when we teach our premarital classes, we throw it to them and have them define conflict, and we get all kinds of uh, really insightful responses, like it's two differences of opinion. It's looking at things uh, from uh, uh, alternative perspectives. Mm-hmm. All kind, you know, mm-hmm. conflict just is. Yeah, uh, it's not unhealthy. How we manage our conflict is what has to be improved, mm-hmm. so that we'll be more effective as Team Hearst or or Team (laughs) Fill-in-the-Blank. So that's it for now. Uh, If you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org, and you can also check out homeencouragement.org. Email us uh, if you'd like to contact us at thehearsts at homeencouragement.org, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And until next time, remember... (laughs) (laughs) Here it comes. Healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.